Welcome to the Prosperity Gap, where we discuss the financial gap that exists between you and your retirement. It's time to bridge that gap. Hello, Prosperity Nation. Dave Hall, the Prosperity Guy here. Welcome back to another week of the show. I hope your week has been successful, that you've accomplished all of your goals, those things that you set out to do. And I also hope you've taken some time for your retirement. Now, if you've not, I encourage you to still go to my website where you can get access to all the information you need to help you get to a safe and secure retirement. Use those extra hours at night or on your drive to listen to a podcast, sign up for one of my webinars, or get signed up for the Prosperity Club where you can get access to the information we produce on an instant basis, and you can listen to the webinars 24-7 at your convenience. About 25 years ago, I was living in Las Vegas. I just completed school in Southern Utah. I got my first job in the accounting industry, and it was time to take the CPA exam. Back at that time, it was done over a two-day period of time. We ended up going to one of the local convention centers, and then we were stuck there for two days taking all four parts of the CPA exam. Those taking it now, it's done over a period of time. You only have to take one section at a time. But if you lived during the period I did, you'd realize what a stress and what a pressure it was to have to take all of this at one time. You had to pass at a certain level each of the segments to be able to condition to where then if you did pass just a number of sections at this level, you could then go back and take the remaining section, pass it, and you would get your license. Well, I thought I was prepared. I thought I was ready. I went down. I'd studied quite a bit after being in school for five years. I thought, boy, I've got this. Boy, was I surprised as I went down, took the test, and then a few months later as the results finally came in, I bombed all four sections. I didn't even condition. I didn't pass any one of them at a level that would have gotten me the score I needed to be able to get my CPA license. As I looked at the situation, I realized that I really maybe hadn't prepared as much as I thought I had. I hadn't spent the time that I should have. So over the next six months, I studied every night. I spent a lot of hours studying, preparing myself, so that when that test came again, I would be ready in hopes of being able to pass the whole thing. I didn't want to go through this again. It was very hard to show that you could not pass one section of the exam that you needed to be able to further your career, to be able to get the license you needed to provide for your family. Six months later, I took the test again and ended up passing all four segments. I tell you this story because I think many of you are not as prepared for retirement as you may think you are. So today, what I want to do is go through 10 questions that you should ask yourself to test how ready you are for retirement and if you're heading down the right path to get you to a safe and secure retirement. But before we do that, let's take a minute for a word from our sponsor. Today's show is being brought to you by eTrends Group, CPAs and Strategic Advisors. If you are tired of the struggles that come with trying to manage your own taxes, accounting, or bookkeeping, then you need to reach out and let the professionals at eTrends Group give you a hand. Go to www.etrendsgroup.com. As we look forward to our future retirement, what we find is that we're looking at one of the longest self-imposed periods of unemployment that we will ever have in our lifetime. So today I want to go through 10 different questions to talk about those, how they apply to your life, and see if you are on the right path to get to a safe and secure retirement. Number one, are you struggling to pay current bills? 
Now, if you are in a situation where your budget is not big enough or your income is not big enough to cover the monthly bills that you have, chances are you're not prepared for retirement because you have nothing left to be able to invest for your retirement. Now, there are a couple of solutions. Number one, look at those expenses. See if there's something there that you can cut, things that you don't need, maybe things that you can delay. Maybe right now you don't have time to enjoy many of the things you're paying for. Go ahead and cut those out. Another option is to increase your income. And this is the one that I recommend for most people, because as we do, we can not only improve our current lives, but we can also earn the money we need to prepare for the future. This may require you to go back to school. It may require you to get a trade. It may require you to start a small business. There are many things that you can do out there, but you've got to do one of the two. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're never going to make it to the retirement you're looking for. You do have to have extra money each month that you can invest so that you can add that to the Social Security benefits that you're going to get in retirement so that you can have the income that you need. Number two, do you have high levels of debt? Unfortunately, as we look around, what we found is that U.S. has become addicted to debt, not only at the people, but also the government. Right now, we're at about $28 trillion on the books of debt from the federal government. The reality of it is the unfunded liabilities are closer to $200 trillion, about 10 times what we currently have. But we've got the same situation going on in our homes. And if you are someone who has a lot of debt, you need to create a plan to get that debt paid off because most of it, especially if you've got high levels, is probably costing you more than you would be earning in the stock market if you were to invest that money. So you want to set a plan to get that debt paid down, especially the high interest debt. If you've got credit cards or other loans that are charging you maybe 10, 20, 30%, those need to get paid off as soon as possible. You need to figure out a plan to be able to do that so that you can get yourself to a point where you can start paying yourself interest instead of paying these other parties, these other individuals and companies who are building their retirement at your expense. Number three, have you put together a plan for future major expenses? I cannot stress the importance of this enough. You need to have an emergency fund that you're setting aside where you can have money for future events that may come up. If you're a homeowner, chances are at some point in the future, you're going to have a major expense. Maybe the roof needs to be replaced. The yard work needs to be redone. The lawn, maybe the sidewalks, heaters, air conditioners, all those things wear out over time. Recommendation is that you have about six months of basic living expenses set aside. Now, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, I understand that it can be hard to set aside that much money. So start with a month, then move it up to two months and start expanding it out so that you have the money set aside so you don't get yourself back into that same problem where you're having to finance these repairs and get money at a high interest rate and continually perpetuate the problem that we're trying to solve. Number four, do you know what your Social Security benefit will be? I hear people all the time say, I'm not worried about Social Security. It's not going to be there. Why should I include it in my retirement? You want to include it in your retirement because it will be there. It's the top most liked government program out there. And we're not going to cut those benefits and put these retirees out on the street. So you need to understand that they will fix the program. Yes, it's having some financial issues, but they will fix the program. And you need to look to see what benefits you have available. Now, if you're in your 20s or 30s, yes, the program's going to change by the time you get to retirement, maybe even in your 40s or 50s. You may not be able to claim those benefits as early. You may not be able to get as much of a delayed retirement credit 
that they offer now going up until age 70, but there will be some sort of benefit. It's important that you understand what that benefit is. The best way you can do that, go to ssa.gov, set up an account, take you about 10 or 15 minutes, and then get the information you need to be able to understand what your benefits are, add that into your retirement plan so you can figure out how much money you need to save to be able to provide the difference for you and your family in retirement. Number five, do you have a current monthly financial plan? If you're struggling to make ends meet each month, and if you're struggling to cover the costs, I recommend that you put a budget together if you've not already done so. Budgets help us find holes in our spending. What we find is for most people, we're spending a lot of money on things that are not necessarily bringing us happiness. They're not making our lives better. Maybe we're going out to eat or buying food from restaurants every day. We can cut those costs down and save ourselves hundreds of dollars a month. We then end up eating healthier because we're eating at home and we save ourselves a lot of money. So you do need to have a plan for a monthly budget. As I look at the people I work with, those who are most successful are those who are very adamant about managing their spending and setting limits to what they're going to spend so that they have the money they need to be able to invest for the future. Number six, do you have a long-term financial plan? Have you looked out to see what retirement will look like for you? If you're making $80,000 a year right now between you and your spouse, and you're only planning on living off of Social Security, you're going to have a much different retirement than you have your lifestyle currently. Because what you find is that Social Security is only going to be about 40% of your pre-retirement income. So you'll be living on a much lower income level. Now, yes, some of your expenses will go down, but not to the level of what your Social Security will cover. So you do want to make a long-term plan. You want to look out, see what risk you would face in retirement, how you can solve those risks, how you can put the money aside to be able to solve those risks so that you can have a safe and secure retirement. Number seven, have you taken into consideration inflation? This is a killer for many retirees. It's a killer for many people leading into retirement if you're not looking at inflation and the effect that it can have on your money. So inflation is going up somewhere between 2 and 3% per year as we look back historically. What this means is that your buying power is being reduced on an annual basis. When you're working, oftentimes you're getting increases each year that keep up with inflation, so it isn't such an issue. But as we look at our savings, what we realize is that inflation is reducing the buying power of our dollar. So if we look at it, we can take the rule of 72, divide the inflation rate into it. So let's say it's 3%. In 24 years, the buying power of our dollar will be cut in half. So if we have a dollar today, 24 years from now, we'll only have 50 cents. You really need to take this in consideration with your savings. If you're putting all of your money into a bank account, you're actually losing money because the interest rate is not keeping up with the inflation rate. So take that into consideration. Very important that you get investments that are going to outpace inflation so that you can grow those assets and take advantage of compounding interest. Number eight, have you considered the cost of medical care? This is a big one. People don't realize how much medical care is going to cost them in retirement. Average male going to spend about $150,000 in retirement on medical services. Average female, about 135000 These are huge numbers. I know they can be overwhelming, but you need to plan for medical expenses during those retirement years. Don't think because once you get to retirement, you can stop that health insurance payment and those co-pays. That's all going to continue on. Even if you're on Medicare, you've got to pay for those benefits and you're going to have to pay for some of those out-of-pocket costs. So make sure you're including that 
as part of your overall retirement budget. Number nine, are you maximizing your investment dollars? Talked about it before. We have too many people that are putting their money into savings accounts, CDs, areas where they're not getting enough interest to outpace inflation, believing that they're protecting their money. You've got to look at those dollars, try to get the maximum rate of return in the safe environment that you're looking for so that you can outpace inflation. You can see some growth so that once you get to retirement, you'll have the assets and income you will need to be able to get you through that 30, 40 year period of time that many of you will live through. And number 10, what will you do with your time? Now, this is not a financial question, but it is definitely something you need to consider. When you get into retirement, you have 24 hours a day that you can do with whatever you want. You need to figure out how you're going to fill that time. All too often, I find people that retire, quit a good job thinking they want that freedom, only to find out a couple of years later, they wish they could go back to work making the money they did before. But now since they've been out of the market, they're older, oftentimes it's very difficult to go back and find that job. So look at your situation. Could you work longer? Maybe could you continue working part-time? Are there things that you could do to keep yourself active making money versus just going into retirement, using that time to be very unproductive and using that time to really not progress your future and the things that you're trying to accomplish? So those are my 10 things. They're not there to discourage you. If you've got problems in these areas, use them as an opportunity to motivate you to take action, to get yourself where you need to be so that you can fix your future retirement. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. We've, many of us have heard that throughout our lifetimes, and it definitely applies to our retirement situation. If we're not making it a priority, if we're not doing the things that we need to do to prepare for that period, we're going to have some issues. And for some of you, retirement may be longer than the number of years you work. So you look at how much money you need to have now to live off of from your jobs when you realize that it could be longer than what you're going through now as an employee or a business owner, you've realized that you've got to start making some changes and setting additional money aside to do that. Good luck as you go through the process. You can accomplish it. If I can help in any way, please go to my website, get access to the tools and the resources that are there to help you get to that safe and secure retirement. Prosperity Nation, it is time for questions and answers with our producer, C.R. Tallene. Hello, C.R. Happy Friday and welcome to the show. Dave, I'm ready for the beach. Why would you say that? It's wintertime. Why do you want the beach? Well, Dave, when you get about a foot of snow in a couple days and we have another snowstorm coming tomorrow, but I really need the beach right now. Oh, wait, you're saying that even though it's 70 in Florida, that you have a situation that's worse than that right now? Well, for me, I love the moisture, but at the same time, I don't like shoveling every night. What about the farm? <laughs> that's got to be a great experience when you got a foot of snow. Yeah, right now I have to go out and dig out what I need for the animals and try to move all the hay into the right places. And, and most of my chickens don't come out, so I've got to feed them different but I tell you, it's really bizarre when you go into your shed to feed the, the cats and then the chickens are in there because they got in somehow. And then I open up the window and all the sheep are at the window. It's kind of freaky with all of this, but man, it's crazy. Wintertime with farm animals is definitely quite an experience. Yeah, it is definitely not what I signed up for when I did this. It was summer. It was fun. Now it's getting harder and harder. But again, we have to do what we do. That's the funny thing about the area you live in. People come up there during the summertime. It's such nice weather, especially compared to St. George that can be so hot. They buy homes and they forget 
that drive to St. George during the winter with a foot of snow is not a pleasant experience. And the snow actually got to St. George and even to Las Vegas. So that's something that normally doesn't happen. So it was a really good snowstorm that hit us. I lived in Las Vegas for 10 years. We had multiple snowstorms during that time, but I think this was the biggest. I saw pictures from friends that it was like three inches they had out in their backyard. And I do not remember a time when I lived there that we got three inches, maybe one or two, but Three inches, a lot of snow in Vegas. Well, and the thing is that they love it. They love when they get those three inches. And I'm crying over here when I've got a foot. <laughs> so it's totally different. Yeah, the big difference is three inches, it melts in about a day. Your foot is going to stay there until sometime in February. Yeah, now it does make it fun. So we do our trips up to Brian Head, and there's a ski resort over there. And that's in Southern Utah for those listening. And we go and do snowmobiling for a day. So I do love it for that one day where we're going to get out and play a little bit. Yes, playing in the snow can be fun, but the work that comes with it definitely can be challenging. Exactly. Dave, so tell me, what have you been up to this week? You always have some adventures for me. Yeah, my biggest adventure this week was at McDonald's, if you can imagine. Now, if you are one of my six children, you know McDonald's is not my place to eat. In fact, the only time when they were younger we would ever go there was if it was their pick for their birthday. If they pick for their birthday, you get the freedom to pick wherever you want to go. We would go to McDonald's. Well, so we've gotten older. I've gone for breakfast a few times. In fact, this time we were supposed to go somewhere else. They weren't open. So our option was to go to McDonald's. We pull up to McDonald's and there's a line, as there is everywhere right now, because the inside of the restaurants were generally closed or the fast food places. So we wait in line for about 10 minutes. We get up to the ordering boards and there's two of them lined up together. We're at the second board. Looking there, we figure out what we're going to order. We get it all figured out. There was me and three of my kids. We then move forward to the next board. And there, the lady finally starts taking our order. She wouldn't take it at the first one that we were at. So she asked what we want. I order a burrito, a breakfast burrito for one of my kids. Tell them I want an orange juice. They tell me they're out of orange juice. I said, okay, fine. Figure out what drink he wants. While I'm looking back to figure out the drink he wants, the board changes. And I go from their <laughs> breakfast menu to their lunch menu. I thought, okay, okay, CR, this is strange, but okay. I memorized in my head what they wanted. So I told her that we wanted a root beer with the breakfast burritos. And then I said, we wanted the rest of our order. And she said, well, I'm sorry, sir. We're not serving breakfast any longer. We (laughs) end at 1030. So I looked at my watch and sure enough, it had just turned 1030 that they had waited. But what I thought was odd is they took one order and accepted the breakfast order, but the rest of the car, we were stuck. We ended up either having to order lunch or go somewhere else. No way. So right in the middle of your order, they cut this and say, okay, now you have lunch and you have to order a burger with your burrito? Yes. So, I mean, again, I can see if they would have told me before I got there, hey, we've stopped serving. But to let me look at the menu for five minutes, figure it out, get up there and order one order of breakfast, and then tell us (laughs) that the rest of us were out of luck. Uh, my choice, I just drove off. <laughs> Wait, so you didn't you didn't get a burger then with the rest of the meal? No, we just ended up driving off. My son then was very unhappy because the first place was closed. Now this place, he was going to be the only one that got food that he wanted. So we ended up going to another location, which made him have to wait longer. By this time, again, 1030 in the morning, he's hungry. But I was not about to order a burger for myself at 1030 in the morning. Yeah, so you guys were getting hangry at this time, right? Yeah, and the weird thing was, is I've got to assume that most of the cars behind us were there for breakfast. Now, some of you may go at 1030 in the morning and get your hamburgers, 
But I've got to assume on a Saturday morning, there was a whole bundle in that line that were also there for breakfast that they definitely were not going to get. Now, sometimes, Dave, I'm at work. I look over and I see a candy bar at my desk. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to break a little bite of this sometimes at 9 or 10. But if I'm home at 9 or 10 on a Saturday, there's no way I'm just going to eat a candy bar. I think that's crazy. It was definitely the weirdest experience I've ever experienced. I posted on social media. Many people shared their experience. Some had had the same. Most of them allowed, they allowed them to at least finish the car order before they switched it off. But definitely interested to see what the world's come to. Wow. <laughs> I've never had that before, but that's great to know. So avoid 1030 at any fast food and I think I'll be okay. Or get your order in all of it by the time you hit that 1030, not just half of it. So the whole car <laughs> can get the benefits of what you want. So one half is eating pancakes and the other half is eating Big Macs. <laughs> exactly. All right, Dave. Well, once again, I've got my three questions and I'm going to go and, and kind of do a rapid fire at these if that's okay. That'll be great. All right. My first one comes from Jeff. Jeff says, can you pay off a reverse mortgage early with no penalty? Jeff, yes, you can. You can pay that off at any time. There's no prepayment penalties like you have on many other retirement products or oftentimes even a forward-facing loan. There may be a situation where you would have a prepayment penalty. There are no prepayment penalties here. You pay it off whenever you have the funds to do so or let it stay there until you pass away and then your beneficiaries can deal with it at that point or they can let it go into foreclosure and the bank will deal with it. And Dave, we've talked about this in other shows, but why a reverse mortgage? Why is that out there and available for everyone? Really to help people get cash flow in retirement. That's the main reason that it was designed is a home can be one of retirees' biggest assets. So now you've got a situation where they can take that equity, use it during the retirement years when they may need the additional money to help supplement Social Security. All right, Dave, we're going to jump on to Tamara. And she said, does your disability amount change when you get converted to a regular Social Security? Tamara, it does not. What happens is your disability amount is based upon your full retirement benefit. So once you reach full retirement age, nothing's going to happen on your side. On the back end, what happens is the government starts taking that check out of a different pocket. So there's a disability trust fund and there's a social security trust fund. So once you hit full retirement age, the payments move out of that disability trust fund into the social security trust fund, but you continue to get the same benefits. Dave, what do you see with social security that's the biggest issue as we're looking at disability? Biggest issue is people not understanding what's available, people not understanding how it works from a claiming standpoint, and the requirements to be disabled under the government guideline. The qualifications are more strict than you would ever find from a personal disability policy. And that's kind of what I was alluding to. I'm curious to see how many people are trying to claim disability with the Social Security. Yeah, most people get turned down. And the reason is, is because Social Security uses a guideline that you can't do any job. Now, I have a disability policy that if I can't do advising, accounting, the type of things that I do, I would be able to qualify to receive those benefits. Social Security, I can't do anything. So if I couldn't do accounting, maybe I could go out and do something at a grocery store or somewhere else. So that's the biggest issue. So restricted that many people aren't going to qualify because they're usually able to do some type of job. And Dave, my last question comes from Martha. She said, how do we avoid a huge premium surcharge after retiring if we retire with a large income the last year? What she's referring to, I believe, is for... Medicare. The biggest problem you have is your Medicare premiums are based upon your earnings that happened two years before. 
So what she's talking about is you end up being age 64, you have high earnings, and then you retire at age 65, and then you hit 66, and all of a sudden it's like, wait, my Medicare premiums went through the roof. There are options if you end up losing your job, quitting your job, that you can file for a reduction of the increase. There are some options to be able to do that. You're going to have to look at your own facts and circumstances to see if you'd qualify, but the government does have a form. You could find that on Medicare.gov's website. And it would be able to guide you into the options you'd have to apply for the reduction of the benefits. And then also realize that it's not a lifetime increase, that once you get into those lower income years, it's going to drop right back down, even if they don't change what you're paying for that one or two years. And Dave, that's all I have. All three questions just like that. In and out that quick. Well, CR, I hate to have these short periods of time that we have to spend together. I love the opportunity that we get to spend a few minutes talking about life and going through all these questions. Yeah, it's been fun. And I just can't wait to have a little bit better weather, but obviously more conversations always brings that spirit back and makes it a little brighter. Absolutely. Prosperity Nation, thanks for being with us today. If you are looking to get to a tax-free and risk-free retirement, please go to our website. So many tools there to help you better understand the concepts you need to know, as well as the opportunity to sit down and have a strategy session with me where I can talk about your situation and help work through the facts and circumstances that can get you to a safe and secure retirement. My name's Dave Hall. We've had CR Tallene with us here at the end and looking forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Prosperity Gap. To learn more about The Prosperity Guy, visit theprosperityguy.com and find out how you can get a tax-free and risk-free retirement. 